Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. Marketeers have a choice to make when engaging their audience. They can build first-party relationships that bond consumers and brands in meaningful long-term relationships, or they can snoop, creep, and deliver content and offers that hold little or no relevance. If you want to build more meaningful relationships with consumers, then join Cheetah Digital at Signals 21 this October, the award-winning virtual content series for marketeers. Register for free today for a host of unmissable sessions from the brightest thought leaders, leading brands and industry heads. Signals 21. Bigger, bolder and better than ever. Visit cheetahdigital.com to save your spot and don't miss out. Hello and welcome to episode 143 of Let's Talk Loyalty. Today, I'm chatting again with Rob Burgess, the founder and editor of Head for Points, the UK's biggest frequent flyer and business travel website. Rob is joining me for a second time on Let's Talk Loyalty, this time to talk about paid loyalty or subscription loyalty as an increasingly important business model for us loyalty professionals to understand and consider. Together, we talk through the Intercontinental Ambassador Programme, the coffee subscription concept from Pret-a-Manger in the UK, as well as Skywards Plus, the new paid loyalty programme option from Emirates Airline. I love this topic. It's super exciting. So I hope you enjoy listening and learning as much as I did. So, Mr. Rob Burgess, welcome back to Let's Talk Loyalty. Hey, Paul. Good morning. Great to have you back on the show, Rob. How's the UK today? It's it's sunny, which after the uh, flash thunderstorms of the last couple of days is a bit of a novelty. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah I'm still missing my, my two weeks in Spain that I had last month. Oh, bless. Yes, absolutely. Lovely. At least you got there, Rob. So, um for you, who's uh, such a frequent traveler, or certainly used to be a frequent traveler, it's nice to be getting uh, the world back on track. Um, you were back with me in, I think, October when we had our last conversation. So it was already in COVID times, but certainly now I feel like we're coming out the other side finally, Rob. Um, so great to talk about travel and all the trends that's happening in travel from your perspective. So let's start off with our usual, I suppose, favorite statistic and just to get into, you know, what's going on with you and with Head for Points. Um, I will say from our last show, I was thrilled with how engaged your audience is with loyalty programs in general, because we did talk about coffee loyalty and we talked about uh, John Lewis loyalty as well as the airline loyalty. So uh, plenty to discuss. You always have a great insight on the UK consumer perspective. So let's kick it off and tell me what is your favorite statistic today? It's not quite my my favorite one, I suppose. But the thing that has stuck in my mind over the last few months is that we actually made a 5% increase in our page views last year. And indeed, that's carried on into 2021. Wow. Um, when COVID struck, my gut feeling was that we would lose 30% of our readership 
Yeah. And over six months, probably, I mean, I'll be back in business in six months with probably yeah. half to two thirds of the business I started with. And here we are 18 months on and we actually have a bigger site. I mean, clearly not the same revenue, but a bigger yeah. site in terms of readers and numbers yes. that we had in March 2020, which is, that's partly, I think, us being very good at providing a lot of information and data on COVID, yes. Yes. on travel restrictions, on getting flight refunds. Yeah. Partly, yeah. I think, because readers have had time to spare at home and actually have more time to mess around on the internet, basically, <laughs> for a bit of word. Well, I'm not suggesting we're writing Nobel Prize winning stuff. And that's amazing. It, it gives me confidence because we have the, the people are there. And actually, as soon as the flight and hotel markets come back with vengeance, so we can start mm. giving out little commissions on yeah. bookings driven by our readers, then it gives me you know, good confidence that next year we can get back to 2019 levels of revenue, if not exceed that. That's wonderful. Wonderful, Rob. Yeah. Um, and, and again, just for people who didn't hear maybe the episode the last time, I know even at that point you were talking about one and a half million page views per month, which was extraordinary. 50,000 premium frequent flyers, mainly in the London area. And I think I said to you as well, Rob, that uh, from my um, few days with uh, with Avios, um, certainly your opinion was always the one that uh, everybody hoped that uh, Rob Burgess would like what we were doing. So, um, um, certainly, uh, let's call you an influencer in the travel industry, I would say, huh? Yeah, that's, that's not a word I like. But, uh, it's, <laughs> Me neither, but, but it the, works. <laughs> well, it, the job comes with a level of responsibility. Yeah. I was thinking about it yesterday. You know, it, it, is, it is difficult because we, we're not desperate for every penny we can get in. You know, we, we have a decent financial cushion even now. So we, we don't need to plug stuff for the sake of it. And we, we do actually turn down quite a lot of potential revenue, which people never really know about and never really give us credit for. Yeah. And it's, it is difficult. You know, I don't know. I was talking yesterday with something. You know, I mean, we wouldn't write an article promoting something which we don't genuinely like and recommend. Yeah. But on the other hand, if, if a product came in and somebody wants to offer a big discount to our readers, even if it's not something we would use ourselves, yeah. But actually, that's okay. You know, we're not just selling it for the sake of it. We're saying, look, you know, if you were thinking of getting this and lots of people like it, even though we haven't got one ourselves, yeah. you can get 30% off today. That's, <laughs> we're okay. We're okay with that. But yeah. yeah. We're not, we're not going to start, you know, we've never done puff pieces about certain brands of suitcase or something. Yeah. Got it. Because someone does, you know, a free yeah. suitcase or a few hundred pounds to do it. But that, Absolutely. But the view's always been, we actually make money on that long term because the readers know that. Yeah what we say has credibility because they've seen in the past what we haven't actually just written spurious nonsense about various <laughs> products or services for the sake of a few quid. Yeah. And actually, when we do say something was good, the level of interaction from the readers is huge. Okay. Because they know our recommendation is a genuine one. Okay. And that, that then drives sales. And actually, that normally drives some sort of commission based on that. So okay. oddly, oddly enough, I think the, the honesty route has served as well over the years and yeah. probably makes us more money overall mm. than just taking, you know, every 500,000 quid is waved in front of us to promote some random hotel or resort or suitcase or travel insurance <laughs> policy or whatever comes along. Wonderful. 
So I think what we decided we talk about today is, um, first of all, against the backdrop that we've already alluded to in terms of COVID obviously has, you know, really affected, obviously, the travel industry worldwide. Um, not a huge amount of, of growth um, in any particular area, but there is one area that is exploding across all categories and it is very new in the travel sector, but paid loyalty or subscription loyalty is something that I've been writing about, I suppose, for about two years now. Um, my favorite case study is probably in the coffee industry, and I know we're going to talk a bit about the UK coffee proposition, uh, but Panera Bread is a fabulous paid loyalty program in the US that we can talk about, um, followed very closely, as we said, by, by Pret-a-Manger in the UK. There's also, I know, a very good subscription loyalty program for the Intercontinental Ambassador Program. So we'll talk about a lot of the things that you're excited about in that. And then more recently, Emirates launched its Skywards Plus program. So I know you've got a lot of views about that and I would be dying to get into your perspective. Um, definitely something that I think um, from your side um, has some benefits, but probably could go a lot further is what I'm getting. I know you wrote an article, published it this morning. So, so let's start off with with um, maybe the intercontinental, Rob, because there's some, I suppose, principles that you've really admired that they've implemented for their paid loyalty program that I think our audience would love to hear about. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, cards on the table. I, I've paid for intercontinental ambassador for probably at least the last 10 years. Wow. So, you know, I, I put my money where my mouth is on this. For those who don't understand how it fits into the great IHG hotel world, whilst IHG Rewards is technically the loyalty scheme covering all the IHG brands from Holiday and Express all the way up to Region 6 Census, Intercontinental has historically always had some sort of program just for itself. And over the last 15 years, that's been Ambassador. Ambassador is not free. Ambassador is... 200 US dollars to join and to renew. Okay. But, the, but there's no sort of qualification. You don't need to do any stays to get it. You can just sign up on the website. So but there's no sort of qualification requirement apart from having $200 sitting okay. in Okay, nice. There's, ISG has done quite a good job of ambassador, in my view, of creating an attractive initial hit for when you sign up and then good ongoing benefits. So when you join Ambassador, you get a voucher for effectively a two-for-one stay over a weekend mm -hmm. at an intercontinental hotel. At wow. the moment, we're also letting users at Kimpton uh, and often at Kimpton's during the week as well. So wow. effectively, if you have a, an intercontinental stay coming up or a stay you can move to an intercontinental, yeah. then yeah. the two-for-one voucher can get your $200 feedback straight away in one hit. Okay. They've also started putting suites and other high-end rooms into the two-for-one pool as well. Mm. So if, like me, you've got a couple of kids and you want a junior suite so you can get all the extra beds in or something, then yeah. you can do that. So, I mean, you, you can really make substantial savings and you can certainly give the average intercontinental room rate, get your $200 back just in that one transaction. Amazing. After that, you then have a decent run of benefits on every intercontinental stay. Mm -hmm. Importantly, these are guaranteed benefits. There's no if available, there's no, you know, if we can do it at time of checking, blah, blah, blah. The benefits are guaranteed or you get a fixed amount of compensation. 
So okay. there's guaranteed four o'clock checkout, which I've always found especially useful in the US. If I've Lovely. got a very, late, a very late night flight back and I want to stay in the hotel till four and then head down to JFK yeah. for a yeah. Yeah, 7, 8 p.m. flight. There's a guaranteed one level room upgrade, which hotel has to give you. And there's a $20 or local currency equivalent food and beverage credit. Mm-hmm. So these are things which you can put some sort of notional mental value on yeah. and relatively easily on two or three days a year get towards the $200 fee for Ambassador. Mm-hmm. And once you've got Ambassador, it then makes you more likely to move other stays across. So if, I, if, I'm, if I'm going somewhere and I know a four o'clock checkout will be useful because yeah. I know yeah. I've got a late flight or train back, it makes me more likely to put that stay to an intercontinental because mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're obliged to give me that. It's mm-hmm. not like Hilton Honours where it's Diamond can have a 4 p.m. checkout if available on the day. Okay. This is, a, okay. this is a guaranteed thing for ambassador members and the hotel has to block your room at check-in to make sure no one moves into it. Lovely. And this is, this thing works really well because one, you as the member are getting a guaranteed upfront benefit in terms of two-for-one voucher mm. and decent ongoing benefits, yeah. which, yeah. which very easily cover the cost of your $200. Mm. Well, a hotel, this is a real cost. I mean, as long as they're not running 100% occupancy, the four o'clock checkout is a non-cost. The yeah. upgrade yeah. is a real cost of a hotel. Okay, yeah. The $20 food and beverage credit possibly is, but then perhaps you'll have a meal in the hotel you may not have had otherwise in the hotel. Yeah. Just yeah. put the $20 up. So they're probably happy with that as well. Mm. And it all works out. You know, even the free weekend night voucher, to be fair, in continental hotels, they're mainly business-focused. They're probably quieter at weekends. Yeah. They're probably yeah. happy to do a two-for-one deal as well. Mm. So... It's it's a win-win for everyone, and two hundred dollars is not, you know, it's it's a relatively yeah okay yeah. price to pay. It's ten pounds ten pounds a month equivalent in sterling, really, mm-hmm. and it's something that people are happy to punt because they think they'll get value from it. Sure, you you also get spiral elite status and ISG rewards, so you also then have top tier status every time you have to go to a Holiday Inn or a Crown Plaza or a Holiday mm-hmm. Express, mm-hmm. and whilst that's not whilst that's not the most valuable hotel status ever, mm. it will normally get you a free drink or some bonus points or an upgrade or perhaps lounge access. Mm. So it also helps give you a bit more, a bit more, it also makes you slightly more willing to stay at other ISG brands as well. Yeah, yeah. And overall, it works well. The only problem with Ambassador is that ISG has an issue over how it positions running two different loyalty programs at the same time. Yes, yes. I didn't even know about the ambassador program, Rob, but I'm supposed to know about these things, you know? Exactly. Well, also, yeah, ice team last five years, they've bought Regent, they've bought Six Senses. Okay. And they, they now have these two additional high-end brands, mm. which in theory should probably be linked to ambassador because they have the same quality of hotel, okay. but they haven't quite worked out how to do it yet. And mm, mm. so... As ISG, ISG's also just launched um, Vignette, which is this new five-star or unbranded collection. Okay. To allow independent, a bit like Autograph from Marriott or Unbound from Hyatt. So mm. luxury, independent hotels who want to become part of ISG's you know, marketing system, mm. one of their word, okay. can become part of, you know, blah, 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 a Vignette collection by ISG Hotel. And these also somehow will have to get brought into Ambassador. So that, I think the program is going to have to change or at least adapt to 
yeah. deal with yeah. IHG's big push into the luxury sector. Yeah. But it, it's worked very well. And if you look on you know, places like Flyer Talk, you, you'll see in, in general it has a good reputation and people see the value. Mm. And, and the value doesn't cost much for IHG to deliver. Yeah. Which goes so that's a journey of win all round. Um, in, in some ways, that, that's where I think yeah. we've got Skywards Plus, but Skywards Plus isn't actually delivering at the moment. Okay, so we'll we'll definitely get into that. And just to summarise, because again, Rob, as you know, people listening to this show, they're loyalty managers and loyalty directors. They're global. So the US, you know, lots of people listening there all the way down to Australia, obviously there in the UK. Um, So in its simplest form, what I'm hearing that the IHG ambassador program is doing super well is instant gratification. So an immediate reason for that two for one hotel stay. I love that. I also really like what you talked about, an exclusive benefit that wasn't available elsewhere in terms of the guaranteed room upgrade and obviously the late checkout. So they're all things that I always feel, for example, when I stay in a nice hotel, who wants to leave at 12 o'clock? Because that's kind of your breakfast and you're out, whereas four o'clock feels like the whole day. So. I think you're absolutely right. I think that balance of, you know, probably quite a low overhead for IHG to deliver um, in terms of benefits, but really tangible to the customer. And we all know what it's like, um, you know, to, to get those benefits and on an ongoing basis. So, the, the sheer fact that you've done that for 10 years in a row now, um, first of all, is a credit to IHG. And um, yeah, I'm really happy that you shared it with us. Thanks, Paul. Tell me about, uh, before we move on to the, the Skywards Plus discussion, tell me about your thoughts on Pret-a-Manger because this has been, in my mind, perhaps, um, let's say accelerated by COVID. Uh, Clearly, we all, we all know that there's much fewer people, for example, traveling into the city of London. So the footfall into coffee stores is not what it um, it would have been. I'm sure it's a fraction, in fact, of, of what it was. So, you know, the, the 20 euros a month Pret coffee subscription program is something that feels like it could be huge value. Hopefully, as more and more people start to, to get back into the city, it's something that uh, that you think is a good deal for, for people in London. Yes, the, the, the Pret Coffee program has been a massive disruptor, I think, to the extent that it can be with people still not coming in as much as they used to. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, fundamentally, the way the scheme works is that, well, I mean, the scheme is actually, if you look at the small print, it's madly generous. You can have five free cups of coffee a day <laughs> wow. as long as you leave between half half an hour between each one that you want. Oh, order. my goodness. Wow. So, technically, you get 100, 150 a month. It's wow. a 20, in, in the UK, it's a £20 flat fee, yeah. which covers eight cups of coffee. So, yeah. even if you're only working in your office three days a week, if you just get one a day, you're, you're still saving at least £10 a month on your £20. Yeah. So it's a bit of a no-brainer. The other thing they started doing is offering selected food discounts with it. So um, at the moment, you get a half-price sausage sandwich in the morning if you have a coffee card, which is actually the thing I tend to buy anyway. Okay. But what's interesting about this is that even though this is a no-brainer to anyone who buys more than eight cups of coffee in per a month, they are still offering the incentive to sign up, which is the first month is totally free. Wow. So you can sign up yeah. online and then for a month, 
all the coffee you want. Bad year, month, you, you, know, you can stick Amazing. the notebook on your phone and share it with your friends and your friends don't freak off for a month, frankly. They don't mm. really check very much. But there's an interesting bit of psychology about this, which, because most people, there's an issue, issue over, you know, how far you might go or how far out of your way you would go to get something. Mm-hmm. And what interests me about this is that Whilst if you're paying cash, you you might just for a change go to a Starbucks or a Cafe Nero, yeah, or your local yeah. independent coffee shop, just to mess things up a bit, just for just friendly for a change of scene. That gets quite difficult when effectively all your coffee at Pret is free mm. beyond a certain point, yeah. Because there's yeah. There's, a, there's a there's a, there's an interesting psychological aspect about having to about walking to a Starbucks and paying. £2.50 for a coffee. Yeah. Knowing yeah. you could have walked for another minute and gone to Pret and not paid for it. Sure. Yeah. Even if you're sick of Pret by that point. <laughs> and you just, you have two or three a day. Yeah. And, 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 and the psychology of getting you into their shops and stopping you going somewhere else because you know you could get the same item for nothing. Yeah. If you yeah. made a bit more effort. It's, it's quite interesting. Uh, and it's... Um, Although bizarrely, it's one thing that's put me off doing it because I, I do I do like to run around various different coffee chains over the course of the average week. Yeah. And I, yeah. I actually, bizarrely, I, I actually don't want the sort of psychological pressure of <laughs> being bad every time I go to a Starbucks or a Cafe Nero wow. because I know I'm paying for something I wouldn't actually have to pay for it if I got a press. I know this is the most bizarre thing ever. But yeah. effectively, I, I'm refusing to take a discount on something. Yeah. I just know it will cause me psychological trauma. Wow. Every time I go to a competing shop. My goodness. That's why I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> Although we, we, did, we just get on sausage sandwiches for the next month. Might might just tip me over. Tip you over the edge. But well, it is a, uh, it's, it's it, gone real, you know, it's, it's gone real well, but they can push it. But again, it's because coffee, oddly enough, shares a lot of characteristics with a hotel room or an airline seat. Mm-hmm. In that, you know, the actual physical costs of producing that product. Yes. It's about 10p, frankly. It's the beans and the milk. Of course. So the, the gross margin is mm. huge. Yeah. And therefore, you can afford to give out five a day. So, frankly, you did give someone five a day for a whole month. You, you still wouldn't physically lose money in terms of the cost of the raw ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can afford to do this and then, you know, you, you see over time, Prep will have the numbers on what the yeah, how many extra items someone buys or whether, whether their average spend increases over time because yeah. they'll have all that data now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I can share some of that actually as well, Rob. I, sorry, just because I, again I know you're fascinated with the, the coffee sector. And again, everybody listening is is probably as fascinated about this move into paid loyalty in the physical world of products. Uh, because again, we've all been doing it for so long, obviously with our Netflix and Amazon Prime subscriptions, but this is a different, and I really mm-hmm. feel it's pivotal, pivotal. And I feel it is something that's very COVID friendly, dare I say it, because I think in times of uncertainty, people do like the certainty of getting something that is a fixed price. So mm-hmm. um, probably fewer people have the, the psychological uh, analysis that uh, that Rob Burgess has from your, your amazing understanding of loyalty. But 
Panera Bread I mentioned at the start of the show, they did publish some incredible statistics, Rob, which just from a business perspective, I think you'd probably appreciate. For example, they said their food sales increased 70% with the customers that subscribe. So it's like your sausage roll sandwich that you're talking about. So you've already been buying that, but it might move you into becoming a lunchtime customer, for example. Um, They also talked about their renewal rate is between 90 to 95%. And this is for a $9 uh, monthly coffee subscription with them. So, but also the other one I loved is their subscriber visits increased from about four to about 10. So you're absolutely right. The footfall and driving people into the Pret stores, there's definitely an extraordinary possibility there for for any retailers listening to think about a paid model. Um, And and really, as you said, make sure there's enough benefits to, to tip you over the edge into actually signing up on a monthly basis. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the question is how the word loyalty fits into this. I mean, Amazon has always said publicly that they don't see Prime as a naughty program. Yeah. They, they yeah. see Prime as a, a sort of a fee-based delivery service, which just happens to have some other things thrown in with it. Sure. And there is an issue over, are you buying loyalty? Is it, really, is it really loyalty if you're paying for it? I don't know. It's, it's a difficult concept to fit around, isn't it? You're totally <laughs> right. <laughs> but we debate all, it all the time in the industry. But to some extent, all loyalty is. I mean, it, you know. Yeah. I mean, even if you take the frequent flyer schemes, yeah, it's still British Airways saying, you know, if, if you do X flights to this place, then we will give you lounge access. Yeah. And priority boarding and some extra miles going forward. That's still in itself transactional loyalty as well. You're right. Yeah. It's not. It's not loyalty of the. Emotional. Yeah, I suppose the kind of um, yeah, surprise and delight type loyalty. Totally. It's more pure loyalty. You know. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Prepared staff. Go back to coffee again. Yeah. Prepared staff have the authority to give away. I think it's like ten cups of coffee a week to yeah. random customers. Yeah. yeah. Um, based on the mood there and all, you know, someone, yeah. you know, how someone looks or whether it's someone they recognise from, you know, mm-hmm. going in every day. Mm. And I think, that bizarrely, I, there's, a, there's a chain called Cafe Nero in the UK, which has a stamp card, which I never, ever used to bother with. Yeah. Because it's more hassle carrying it around. This before it went electric. Um, yeah. the, the staff in the one near my house used to give me a free coffee every couple of weeks because they knew I couldn't bother collecting the stamps. Oh, brilliant. So they screw all my way, just um, yeah. this is a favour. They knew I'd be earning it, I should be earning it anyway. Oh, brilliant. Yes, yeah, so it is about loyalty and what, what is loyalty, what is sort of, well, what is it called transactional loyalty, I suppose. Yeah. You know, you're just paying for, you're paying for something. Mm. But, but I'm not against, because I, I was looking at, um, a hotel booking with a small one. We, we were in, when we were in Spain, we did a couple of nights at a non non chain hotel. Some friends of ours were there. Okay. And we we we, we had a seven o'clock flight back to the UK. Start. So I went to discuss late checkout, and I, frankly, I wasn't. You know, this hotel was quite a big sort of package tour base. Okay. I was I wasn't expecting a lot of joy in a late checkout discussion, but they just said, "Fine, yeah, fifty five euros flat rates." Great. Yeah, you're until four o'clock. Oh, lovely. And I asked me for actually, this is, I mean, euros, because this was quite expensive hotels. So 55 euros for another seven yeah. hours or six hours was actually mm. great. Wonderful. And I thought, actually, 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's easier. You know, if I if I know I can go to this place and just pay them an extra 50, 55 euros, yeah, and get room for the end of the day, and I haven't had to do seventy five nights at mm. this chain to get the right <laughs> to have a four o'clock checkout. Yeah, and then perhaps you know Hilton style. It's yeah. not actually a right; it's just the best effort. Mm. So, think just, you know, just perhaps the perhaps we've all kind of overestimated somehow these lot of benefits, and perhaps they were just put on the menu as things you could buy at a sensible price. Yeah, it would be life will be easier. Frankly, well, yeah. and, and you could sort of you know, almost make your own. I mean, you could also almost do a subscription. You, know, you you could say like you know, we charge. Yeah, you know, perhaps Marriott should say, look. Yeah. You know, all our hotels will give you late checkout for hundred dollars or equivalent. Mm. But if you want to pay us five hundred dollars for an annual subscription to something, mm. we'll guarantee it for you. Yeah. Perhaps that's the way forward. I, I don't know. It's. But I, yeah, I like the flexibility though as well of your Spanish hotel, Rob, because I think that demonstrates a a mindset of loyalty. So an intention to take care of the customer and hear what you need, because at the end of the day, it's very hard to, you know, really systemize and develop things that suit every possible scenario. So I think what you got there is somebody who's on the ball and a hotel that actually realizes that that you will value it and no point in doing it for free. Um, So everybody won in that situation. So again, that's that's going to drive emotional loyalty, and you'll consider going back. Yeah, but it was true. We were paying about five hundred euros a night. Wow! Oh my goodness! Like 50, 55 euros. I, I was expecting to be charged about two hundred euros. Oh my goodness! And, that's and amazing. Once we left, once we left at four, <laughs> yeah. she gave us it, the, the deal. It was a fixed fixed price till six pm. Amazing. Okay. Fifty five euros. Then part of the reason was because they were doing a lot of tour groups. They okay. usually had people arriving very late. Ah, uh, okay. You know, okay. There some, I, I know there's some groups out there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, some groups at a four in the morning, you know, coach back to the airport, you know. Like, so Good I saw Lord. Sign the Lord. God, I know. Thank God we're not doing that. <laughs> Thank so, God we're not doing uh, that. Yeah. I mean, they, they, control their, they control their room cleaning and stuff around that because they yeah. have people who left very early. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, if, you, if you could buy, there's part of loyalty, again, that's one issue about, about unbundling. Mm-hmm. You know, British Airways does not let you buy access to its airport lounges. Yeah. So therefore, if you want access, you have to get status in the loyalty program. Okay. But now you have other layer. Yeah, Lufthansa is now selling lounge access. Mm-hmm. Emirates sells lounge access. Mm-hmm. So if you know you can get all these particular aspects of status mm-hmm. just by handing over some cash, mm-hmm. then does that detract from the value of a loyalty program? Because, because I think in general, people possibly spend more or make more of an effort. I mean, I, I'm also guilty of this. People often spend more or go out of a way more than they should yeah. to earn yeah. status based on the actual benefits they get in the future. Yeah. I, I know if somebody, if I look back over, you know, obviously COVID is slightly different, but even a normal year, if, if I look back and say, look, you know, I've had Hilton mm-hmm. Diamond States for last year, but actually how many Hilton States have I done with that status this year, how many upgrades did I get, how many like checkouts did I actually need and ask for. Yeah. Often, the ben- yeah. often there isn't, when you actually quantify it, you didn't necessarily get that much for the status. Mm. And then you think, actually, what was the effort required to move those states to Hilton, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera actually worth it? 
it's it's a big one, but, but I just want to mention somebody who unfortunately needs to remain nameless. Um, but a certain gentleman did tell me once that he managed to um, convince his wife that he should fly from Canada to Singapore on a revenue ticket um, in order to justify yeah. uh, retaining his gold status. Um, I presume with Air Canada, I don't know the airline involved, but to show the extent that he valued his premium tier premium status, status to buy halfway around the world on a revenue ticket, I was blown away. And that's a, a real life um, example of, you know, what, what I probably call sometimes points junkies. So people like you mm. and I who love to get the extra benefits and to get into the detail. Um, and I do want to get into the, the Skywards Plus conversation now with you, Rob, to understand, you know, I'm just starting to evaluate it myself. Um, as you know, I'm a big fan of Skywards. Um, I feel like I have both my consumer and my consultant hat on for this conversation because it's the loyalty program I have the most opportunity to use because obviously I live in its home market. So Skywards Plus was launched recently. Um, there's about a thousand people I know um, signed up for this um, paid subscription loyalty program um, and really wanted to get your perspective on it from a UK consumer side. Um, you know, what does it offer for um, for frequent flyers or anyone, I suppose, who's looking to fly with Emirates? And do you think it's a, it's a good program? Well, let, let, before I get into this, let me just say, just to put this in context, I also rate Skywards very highly. Wonderful. We, we were in Dubai over Christmas and New Year last year on Skywards tickets. We, we changed, because of the COVID situation in the UK, we delayed our return dates three times. Yes. Each time I was able to change my tickets for free. Me too. Skywards. Yeah. More importantly, there was no problem getting four business class seats. Extraordinary. Each time we rebooked Wonderful. On, a flight back, on a flight back to London. Wow. You know, and, and simply, you know, if you come back with, say, you know, British Airways, there's not only would there not have been four business class seats easily available on every BA flight back to London yeah. over Christmas yeah. year. They yeah. were able to charge me £140 each time I made a change. Oh, my goodness. So the ability just to effectively yeah. pick and choose the Emirates flights I wanted and do the changes for nothing. And actually, yeah, they're quite good on the phone as well. You know, it didn't, didn't make it around too much. Sure. You know, that was a great benefit. Uh, and I've done some, I've done a lot of Emirates redemptions. I, I didn't, I, I've never actually... Paid for an Emirates flight. Oh. But, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're an American Express transfer partner. Yes. It's, in the UK, it's instant. So literally, I can go into my Emirates account, do the transfer Wonderful. more minutes later than miles are on my Emirates account. I can book my flight. Wonderful. Fantastic. Okay. So okay. just to put it in context, I'm a huge fan of Emirates. The airline, their new first-class product is astounding. I did that a couple of years ago. Yes. Um, my, my, my kids rave about the quality of their TV Yes, the Inflies Entertainment. Oh. Compared, compared to British Airways and European Airlines. Yeah. Um, but my, my son always asks if we're flying Emirates when we get out to Dubai. Oh, wonderful. So, just for context, I'm a big fan. Great. But um, Skywards Plus, based on how they've currently set it up, doesn't seem to work for me. And if we go back to what we talked about over Intercontinental and Ambassador, yeah. it's compare and contrast. The, the numbers I'm talking about here are, are, are the pound sterling equivalents. Um, I think mean, fundamentally it's dollar-based scheme, but I only see the, the pound numbers. So it's fundamentally about £250 for the sort of base level yep. Skywards yeah. product, going up to a, a fairly shocking £760 
Mm -hmm. Those are a thousand US dollars for top level. Uh, And this is in in itself a huge amount of money for a subscription product. Mm -hmm. There is no, the first issue is that there is no incentive for signing up at all. Now, most subscription models, whether it's a, a magazine, you know, coffee subscription or whatever, have some incentive to sign you up. Yeah. Well, one is because they have a, an eye on lifetime customer value, mm-hmm. and that they imagine that if you join up, you will be that you will do you know, three to five years on average. Yeah. And they can make good money off you in three to five years. So if they only break even on the first year, that's okay. Mm. But the second reason is is this, is what you might least call the, the consumer promise mm. in that you're being asked to make a non-refundable cash payment. Yeah. And in return, you are promised a series of benefits which you may or may not be able to use over the term of your membership, mm. which you cannot accurately quantify the value of. Mm-hmm. Or indeed, you, know, you can't necessarily get up front, see all the small print and internal conditions that may be linked to this. So a good upfront incentive generally makes that consumer promise easy to deal with. Mm-hmm. You, you pay your fee, you'll get a big one-off bonus, at least for the first year, because that, that gives you confidence that even if you don't make full use of the benefits or the benefits don't turn out to be as good as you think they are, Mm. But at least you won't have lost out in the first 12 months. Mm-hmm. And you can then after a year choose to you know, twist or stick, basically. Yeah. And, so, yeah. But, and Skyward Plus isn't doing that. They expect you to pay your 250 to 760 pounds with, with no sign-up bonus. And, and you'll then just uh, take a sort of finger-in-the-air view on whether you can make the numbers stack up to justify what you're, what you're paying. Mm. And in these COVID times, I don't think anyone has a you know, a decent handle on how much long-haul travel they'll be doing in the next 12 months to know if they make money from a mm. subscription. Well, my second issue with it is that the benefits are just incremental. It's, it's not... Fundamentally, what, what we're offering is... 20% more on everything. So it's, yeah. depending, on what, depending on what level you join at, you will get 20% more Skyward Smiles when you fly, yeah. you'll get 20% yeah. more tier points. Yeah. More, that, that, that's not on the cheap one. You, you've, got, you've got to pay for the high level one to get the extra tier points. Yeah. You can get, um, you can redeem a classic reward for 20% fewer miles. Yeah. Now, 20% psychologically doesn't do it for me. <laughs> Problem friendly. If you see if you see something in a shop and it's reduced by 20%, that's not really enough to move you from a was never going to do this to a must have this. It's it's not like a you know a half price sale or something. You know, 20% if you've been seriously thinking about something, it might tip you over the line. But 20% in itself is not a big psychological difference to make you fundamentally change your behavior in my view 
And I was pricing it out, Rob. So I did do a, a real life case study in advance, actually, of our, of our conversation today, because you've written this phenomenal article. I'm sure plenty of people will be going to, to read it. And you've worked it out, obviously, in the context of, for example, your own family. Mm. Um, and I think you made a very good point in that if you do have a particular um, intention or need to travel, um, as I thankfully regularly do, then that's the time to make the decision about whether Skywards Plus makes sense. So I've just come back from a trip to Ireland. Um, if I was to do that again next month, for example, that would be a 90,000 miles requirement if I wanted a business class ticket. So, you know, having worked through the mathematics on it, if I got my 20% off, um, that would actually save me, I think, 140 US dollars when I worked it out. If I paid the $399 for the classic subscription, um, which is the entry level, um, and save myself those 18,000 miles, then um, yeah, so the cost would be $400 for the subscription versus if I was to buy the 18,000 miles I needed, $540. So I, I'm getting into your way of thinking, Rob, in terms of <laughs> how can I make this work for me? So I think there's very specific scenarios when 20% you know, discount on a, a classic reward is, is quite useful. Yeah. Um, but I think what yes, you're saying yeah. is you have to have that need already clear. You're, you're not going to subscribe otherwise. Yeah, exactly. There's the, the one sweet spot in, in Skywards Plus, as I see it, is the 20% discount on yeah. reward redemptions. Yeah. So yeah. If, I, if I took my gang down to Dubai business class, that'll be 360,000 Skywards miles normally yeah. I can sign up for this. I can sign up at the lowest level, actually, the £243 stroke $399 level and get 20% off. So I'm saving immediately 72,000 Skyrim yeah. miles Amazing. for my family. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's a bit of a no-brainer. You know, yeah. th those miles are probably worth around in sterling about £700. Pounds. Wow. I can pay you £250 for the membership. Yeah. It's, it's done. But now, now but there is small print on this. You this is a once a year offer. So okay. you, you can't you can't save twenty percent on every single redemption you make. Okay. But, so oddly enough, well, whilst I sit here and say it, it's not a great, it's not a great scheme. It's not a great scheme. If if my wife suddenly announces she wants to go back to Dubai for Christmas this year, <laughs> yes, um, it's possible. Yeah, we have we have family down there. I, I may well sign up forty hours before I pull the trigger. Gotcha. On okay. For Skyward's um, business definitions. But that doesn't in itself make it a good scheme because all that happens is I, I save 72,000 miles. Emirates gets 200 pounds off me, but they don't get to um, remove 72,000 miles of liability. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, because I do it, I, I'm doing from Emirates Express transfer. But they don't, they would lose probably 700 pounds of revenue from American Express. Mm. So I'd be transferring fewer miles over mm -hmm. and I'd be giving them 200 pounds in cash. So even for Emirates, it makes no sense. And if I did it, it would be a pure commercial transaction mm. with no loyalty element. It would be me going, fine, I'm going to pay Emirates 250 pounds mm -hmm. because at the end of the week, I can save myself 72,000 Skywards miles. Okay. So okay. There's no loyalty in this on either side. There's no reason why for the rest of my 11 months membership, mm. I would be any more loyal to Emirates than anybody else. It's just a pure transaction. And I don't see 
And I don't see, I mean, who benefits from that? Okay, I, I benefit from the mile saving, but it doesn't help Emirates much. And it's where, will I be more loyal now? I won't. It won't make me fly them more during the rest of the year. It's just, it's almost unnecessary. We don't, we don't even have to do it. If, if, if it weren't running this scheme, I would just pay the full 300,000 miles and be done. So it's, in some ways, it's just making your life more complicated because you, because you, you have to do a mass whether it's worth it or not. You know, for, for Emirates, it's a lot of overhead putting this scheme together. Mm. My sense is that they, for example, I know you, you referenced in your article already as well, Rob, that this um, was initially launched actually in 2019. Mm. So this idea of paid loyalty for Emirates is, is, is not new. Um, what I think I'm, I'm seeing and hearing is that they are refining, like any, I suppose, loyalty program, refining the proposition and developing it and testing uh, numerous concepts. Um, what I did like, you, you suggested, for example, like the idea of instant gratification would be obviously very compelling. I think you were like, you know, if we got our 30,000 miles or something up front uh, for signing up, that would certainly, um, I suppose, drive the decision to, to subscribe immediately. Whereas I think what you're saying at the moment is you do have to have the need in mind. And one that interested me, um, and I suppose I was surprised that I, I valued this when I was looking at it today, but I do have some friends that are coming to travel um, and I'll probably be flying with them. So the airport lounge access for a guest. Um, I don't know if that's available to me, for example, in any other way. It's certainly not as a, a Skyward Silver card holder. But as a subscriber, if I did get the savings and I got to bring a friend into the lounge, I thought actually that would make me feel, I'd say, more emotionally connected. So that one did kind of resonate again with this particular context that I have coming up with somebody due to travel with me. Is that something? Am I unique in that? Or is that a benefit you think others would uh, would enjoy? I mean, Emirates does sell lounge access. I'm not sure what the cost is. I don't, I don't think it's as cheap as it could be. Dubai Airport is not short of Plaza Premium, Mahaba, mm. and other independent lounges, all which you can buy yourself into for around £30, you know, 200 dirhams. Mm. So on that basis, it's it's not great value. But then, yeah, again, there's kind of an emotional... Yeah. Issue, yeah. You may want to take them into the same lounge you're in. And, totally. I'm not sure what the Emirates guesting rules are, to be honest. If you're on a business class ticket, can you guess somebody else in? Can you guess them if they're on a different flight to you? Can you guess them if they're on a different mm. class to you? Mm. If these are all, every yeah. airline treats yeah. things like this in a, diff, in a different way. Yeah. So I personally wouldn't value that as much. But it's, again, it's, and because you can buy it, because you can buy Emirates Lounge Access, it, it, again, it makes it a commercial decision mm. rather than an emotional decision. Mm. At least, we, yeah, because British Airways don't sell lounge access, mm. then it becomes more of an emotional decision. Mm. Because if you, if, you, if you want to bring people into a lounge with you yeah. over and above usual guesting rules, mm-hmm. then you know, you, you're going to need status or, or more people in your apartment need status. So mm. it's... A key part of it is just giving things which, uh, you know, as we you know, if you go into Intercontinental Master, IHG does not offer late checkout to anyone. Even if you're top tier in IHG Rewards, which is Spire Elite, yeah. you don't yeah. get a guaranteed late checkout benefit. Okay. So okay. By, by paying your $200 for Ambassador, 
Mm. You're getting something which is simply not available via any other route, irrespective of how loyal you are to IFG and its other hotels. Okay. So that's something which you can, not only can you see the benefit to you in it, Mm -hmm. but it's something you can't necessarily get Mm. any other way. And it's a guaranteed benefit. So Mm. you, you know you won't be turned down on the day. Okay. Um, I'm quite. If you read, read my stuff, there's. I'm, I'm quite big on the concept of you know something that's guaranteed mm. because you know we we all you know I I, I did literally one stay in an airport hotel in Frankfurt where I was given the presidential suite. Oh my which god! Came with three bedrooms and a fully staffed kitchen and dining room. Which wow. Seems wow. Yeah, but I checked at ten o'clock at night. I was leaving at four in the morning. And you have a million, uh, certainly Avios so, points, and I think a million so points and lots of other programs. <laughs> but yeah, also, you know, we weren't. Yeah. We didn't get upgraded on any of our hotels in uh, Parma, in, in Mallorca over the summer, even okay. though they were, they were both booked as part of packages, which came with a, you know, upgrade, guaranteed upgrade if available at time of check-in. Mm. Okay. okay. Not by okay. which it was actually delivered. Okay. I mean, but you know, being fair enough, you know, that, that's kind of what you expect in a, mm. you know, pretty much sold out hotel in peak season yeah. when you're there for a long stay. So obviously, the long, you know, your best chance of an upgrade is, is a one night stay. The hotel knows yeah. they're not full that night. Whereas yeah. if you're checking in for a week, they don't actually know how full they're going to be in six days' time. Mm. And their willingness to upgrade you into a nice room, which they could possibly sell in six days' time to somebody else, yeah. is obviously not that high. So okay. it's the word guaranteed next to a, a benefit in a scheme mm. means a lot to me. Okay. And again, that's something that Ambassador delivers. I'm sure all my scholars will work. I, I, if Emirates did offer a fat mileage inducement, or possibly even status, you know, yeah. you know, I mean, if you're paying 700 pounds, you know, nine, which probably $1,000 to Emirates, you know, the very least I would expect is an Emirates um, silver card, frankly. Okay. Um, but the problem is if you do that, then you're putting a price on on silver status. It's, so it's, people yeah. like you who probably go out of their way to move flights to Emirates when there are other options because mm. you, you think you'll earn status, might think, actually, why bother? I'll just pay my $1,000 mm. and get it. So it's... it's it's a, it's a it's a complex cycle, isn't it? Because there's no, but then you know, what what why pay you a thousand dollars if you're not getting any state benefits? <laughs> it's a good thing you don't work in loyalty, Rob, huh? <laughs> I know. Well, uh, I know. I don't know. I don't know what do. Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, these are I, the business I, I, decisions we have to make. You know, it, make it compelling and make I, it commercial. I, I, what I always thought is, if I was. If I was running a program, it would probably be less profitable, but the the overall business would be more profitable. Okay. I think mean, that would probably be the impact of having me running a program. Okay. Okay. Well, well that, I, that's what I hope for anyway. I would certainly hope so. And actually, I'll, I'll end with one um, with uh, one other quote, which I think again for anyone listening who's considering paid loyalty, this is probably the most compelling statistic I've seen. And it was a quote I came across from McKinsey, 
who did a survey in 2020, and they stated that um, members of paid loyalty programs are 60% more likely to spend on the brand after subscribing, where free loyalty programs only increase that likelihood by 30%. So I thought that that was extraordinary for a brand like McKinsey to endorse the model is phenomenal. And I think what I'm hearing from you, Rob, is obviously, first and foremost, the product. We know we've agreed Emirates and Skywards are fabulous products. And then obviously the subscription proposition needs to be absolutely compelling to make sure. And again, because it's time bound, I think in your article, you were very clear that, you know, to to subscribe as close as possible to when you're going to either obviously redeem to get that one off benefit um, or, you know, to get into uh, to to fly more frequently. And that seems to make the most sense in terms of this Skywards Plus proposition. Would would that be a fair summary? I I think so, yes. I mean, we pay for Amazon Prime, yeah, for example, in our house, and I, I think that is, you know, excellent value for you know, in the UK, it's eighty pounds yeah. a year. You know, we're probably doing at least one Amazon order a week. Wow. You know, we get so in central London, you can get stuff same day now or early next morning My goodness. on Prime. But you, you also got, you know, obviously there's Amazon Music with that, which my daughter uses. You get the, yeah. the yes. TV, Amazon Prime Video as well. And then, and you compare that to you know, Netflix or the cost of you know, paying for Amazon deliveries, and it's it's just a no brainer in terms of the value. But oh. it also then it also does drive you to spend more on Amazon. And actually, if you look at what Amazon has done over the last couple of years, mm. you know, Amazon used to be unbelievably cheap. Yeah, it's actually not cheap anymore. Yeah, you know, I bought a new hardback book of Amazon. Well, I actually, I didn't use a card, Amazon, but you know. Back in the day, yeah, Amazon would normally discount hardback books in the UK from £20 to £10. Mm. This one I looked at the other day was £20 to £17. Mm. So, yeah, there's quite a margin on that. And I found someone on eBay who was doing it brand new for £15. Okay. But, you know, but had I wanted it the same day, the same day or before 10 o'clock the next morning, mm. I would have gone the Amazon route. Yeah, because they, yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, I can I can guess the Ramsden quickly. I can go and actually get down to a bookshop myself and buy it. Totally. Because the, the 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 strength of the Prime program makes me less sensitive to price. Of course. Because of the quality of the service that Prime offers. Yeah. And that I think is the real value of that scheme, in that it it moves you away from being price driven in your transactions with Amazon. And the incrementality, Rob, as well, because as you talked about the Intercontinental Ambassador Program, I did think that if Skywards Plus, for example, had a two-for-one flight voucher, then I would definitely take another trip because, you know, I could travel, you know, with with my partner, for example. Um, So I did think there could be an incrementality, which again, I know it's very difficult to business case from an Emirates perspective, but I thought that that was very clever it's not something I've seen Emirates doing from a, from a flight perspective um, otherwise. So that might be the kind of thing, again, that would kind of get people to go, oh, my goodness, there's um, there's a reason to travel and a reason to subscribe. So, um, yeah, from, from my perspective, I'm definitely um, hoping that all of these um, amazing benefits are available. So, you know, more and more people, even I will say I traveled, as I told you, last week to Dublin. The flight outbound to Dublin was absolutely, I would say, 90 percent capacity. So very happy to see that from from Emirates' perspective. Much quieter coming back, I will say. Um, But yeah, maybe that's to do with timing and all of the other things that go into the very complex airline business. 
So listen, I think it's time to wrap up, Rob. I could definitely talk. You're so knowledgeable on all of this and always love to get your um, your really strong, very clear consumer perspective on all things loyalty, um, certainly in the London market. So um, that's it from my side. Is there anything else that you think that uh, you wanted to mention before we wrap up? No, no. That's great, Paul. Always good to speak to you. Always good, Rob. Thank you so much. So, Rob Burgess, editor for Head for Points, the UK's biggest frequent flyer and business travel website. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 170 executives in 20 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews and thanks again for supporting the show.